you know, the kingdom of heaven, people in heaven, they fought for it on earth. They fought for heaven on earth by accepting Christ, by following Christ and dying for Christ. And our life should be a reflection of just that. We should be fighting in this battle for Christ, for heaven, for his glory. This is the Do Something Beautiful podcast, and I am your host, Leah Darrow. So we on the Do Something Beautiful podcast talk about people, things in the world that are truly doing something beautiful in the world and for the world, for the glory of God. And today is another beautiful day. A beautiful day, as my little daughter says. My daughter, Agnes, who's three years old, wakes up every morning, honest to God, and she says, Mom, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. day. And you know what? She is. She's totally right. And today is another one of those great days. We're going to be talking to Sister Miriam James. She'll be my co-host today. And she's awesome. If you don't know about her already, well, you should. You should totally know about her. She's she's a pretty cool nun. She's actually one of those one of those ladies. She wears the habit. I got the husband. She's got the habit. And Sister <laughs> Miriam and I have been friends for a while. In fact, I'll probably talk to her a few minutes and ask her about what she thinks of the first time we met. It's kind of like a date story, right? How like <laughs> what's what's your what's your story? But Sister Miriam, thank you so much for being on and chatting with me today. Oh, yeah, my dear friend. It's so good to be with you. Okay, so we have been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. For I don't know. I guess maybe, I guess it's been about five years or so the first time we met. I think so. I would say that about them. Mm-hmm. Five, six years. Now, I remember the first time we met. <laughs> do you remember the first time we met? <laughs> Oh, I certainly do, girl. I certainly do. (laughs) The wind was blowing your habit. (laughs) Your veil blowing in the breeze. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so, but we were actually at a retreat in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brian Butler's Echo Retreat. Yeah, fantastic retreat. If you're in the Louisiana area, you should really look into that. So, yeah, Brian Butler puts on this great retreat every year called Echo. And he had you come out there and speak and help. And Brian... Is so, oh, he's such an awesome brother in Christ. He reached out to me a few weeks before the retreat started, and he, and we were just becoming friends. and And he was like, "Leah, listen, I have this retreat. It's just a wonderful place. There's some great people there. Would you just want to come and have a little bit of a retreat yourself? But also, if you want to, you can, you know, give a talk if you'd like." And he made it really low key, and it was just an opportunity that Brian gave me to kind of come and experience the love of Christ in a deep deeper way. And that's kind of part of the goal for the Echo Retreat. And so I agreed and I did that. And Christ definitely did something amazing to me that weekend. So many awesome things happened. One of them being I became very good friends with two girlfriends that I have today who have been just wonderful and by my side in ministry and in my life. And that is one, Jackie Francois. I met her Mm -hmm. for the first time and then I met you. Mm -hmm. So it was an awesome awesome, awesome weekend. And I think, you know, something that drew me to you was your, your love for the Lord, but also your pain too. Does that sound weird? Well, I think that you and I are kindred spirits in many ways. And, you know, I remember when Brian invited me to that retreat as well, and I'd never really been to Louisiana and I'd heard of TOB for teens because I'd been, you know, working with TOB for adults. But I was blown away by him and his retreat. I mean, his ministry, I'm sure you're the same, is one of the ones I recommend to people across the nation. It's such a great, you know, ministry. And so I remember, you know, him inviting me down there and then, and I got there and I was gonna give, you know, one of the talks or something, and then I saw you and Jackie and I'm like, Lord, are you serious? Like 
You're like, <laughs> like the former fashion model in Malibu Barbie. And I'm like, I'm supposed to talk like all your girl, like all my girl insecurity stuff just came out of me, you know? And I'm like, oh, it's so hard, you know? And then I think that I think that's part of learning at maturity is seeing the beauty in other people and not comparing ourselves, you know? And so I was learning to see the beauty in you and Jackie and, and I delight in you both so much, you know, and I'm so grateful that you know, we can have the friendship that we do today. And so I think in many ways, you and I have a certain similarity to our stories. And so we, we're kindred spirit in many ways. So we always have a good time. We are. And I think there's something beautiful about that, too, because there's that. I mean, I, I hope people see it in me. I do feel it. But there's that joy of Christ. There's that joy of just like God is so good and he's so amazing and he's just all powerful and he can do anything in your life and change it. But I think for me, at least, there's that piece of, you know, Luke 747 that that stays with me. It's that she loves much because she's been forgiven much. And there's a piece within God's love for me that that is so deep because I'm aware of how much he loves me because he loved me even though I was a sinner. And he he was able to transform my life when I was just really messy. Everything was really messy in my life. And so that's something that whenever I heard you share your story and I that resonated with me and hearing that about you, that you are also this this woman who is not perfect, but you let God take your wounds and do something beautiful with them. And I, I think that that's really, you know, the heart of mercy, is it not, of, of God coming into our darkness and all of our caves and the ways that we want to hide from him. And he's so I've just been blown away lately, you know, the Holy Father, obviously this year of mercy has been incredible. And, but just the kindness, how kind, how kind Jesus is, how respectful he is, and just how he desires to heal us and set us free. You know, I, I think all of us have all these different images of God in our minds that he continues to shatter, thank God, and to reveal who he truly is, that he, he desires not the death of the sinner, but the conversion. And, you know, his kindness leads us toward repentance. And so, yeah, I it's it's a it's a glorious life is a great adventure. Christianity is a great adventure that Christ is always leading us on, don't you think? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. In fact, it's so funny that you're saying adventure. That's been the word of it just seems like the past few months in my house to in, in, in my house. Really? Um <laughs> yes, adventure. Everything's an adventure. So I have a three year old Agnes, one year old Ambrose, and my five month old Violet, which you may hear in the background, she's a big talker and I try to put her down for her nap <laughs> and she is not having it. So we're just going to continue on and we're going to just kind of pretend that we can't hear her, although she is happy. She's not crying, people. But anyway, in my house, adventure's been just the word. So every morning, every day, Agnes is saying, Mom, let's go on an adventure. I love that. Yes. And it's just been it's been awesome for to have her in my life saying that because it reminds me that that this is an adventure. You know, life with God is an adventure every single day of just allowing him to give him your day and, and to give him your worries and your concerns. And, you know, you touched on something that, you know, the year of mercy that Pope Francis declared a year ago is now coming to an end. It's now over. And so. Yeah. It's been nice to really hammer in that reflection of mercy that you don't just need one year. Of course, it goes on forever and ever and ever because God is forever and ever and ever. But that's, you know, that's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I know it is for you, too, just about the mercy of Christ. And I feel like that that's part of my ministry and my mission into sharing with others is is that mercy is available to everyone and that there's always hope. Right. And this mercy and this hope is not just these words or thoughts or feelings, but it's a person and this person has a face and this is Christ. 
And that is, that's part of my mission. I know deep down in the core. And I know that that's also part of your mission too. And I thought maybe we could just kind of talk about that, especially because, because it's, it's because, because we need it. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's always a moment. It's not like, I know that you've got this amazing story and you've had this amazing conversion. And I kind of want to have you give me a snapshot of that here in a few seconds. But, and I have two, but as you and I both agree, it's not like we had this one moment of conversion, the St. Paul moment, and then it was over. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's not how it works. Conversion should be something that we strive for every day. And it's this turning towards God and turning towards his truth that he converts us slowly in this beautiful process that unfolds throughout our life. And so granted, it does sometimes take a, a moment where we're like, okay, you know what? Enough's enough. And, you know, I know Sister Miriam, you had that beautiful moment back in, was that back in college for you? Is that right? It was a, an ongoing process. Yeah. That really culminated, it really culminated in many ways when I first heard God call me to religious life. But yeah, it was a process through, you know, there's a saying in the 12 step program that we're only as sick as our secrets. And by the time I was 21 years old, you know, here I was playing division one volleyball and uh, wanting to work for ESPN maybe at some point, but I had a lot of secrets, a lot of secrets. And so it was really the process of, you know, God coming near to me through a very holy priest, a very holy Catholic priest who just was a spiritual father to me and mentored me and told me the truth, whether I wanted to hear it or not and inspired me by his witness. And it was my mom, you know, getting on her knees and giving me away to our blessed mother and praying and fasting that I'd become a nun. And you know, here like you are as well. I'm sure you share as well that you're here because of authentic love, like somebody loved you and that they reflected God's love for you. And so it was a slow process of me finally telling my secrets of, you know, being adopted and being sexually abused and, you know, being very broken and very, you know, full of lust and addiction and brokenness and being an alcoholic and all this stuff that I didn't want to face in myself. But it wasn't until through the grace of God, I began to finally get honest about my life that healing began to just really gush forth. And it still does. I love that you said that because I really, I firmly believe this to conversion is a daily process. And every morning, every day throughout the day, I'm asking God to come and heal me and turn my heart towards him and to heal me, my brokenness and all the areas that I'm selfish. Like, cause I want to be set on fire. Like I want, like you're talking about, I want to be the masterpiece that God envisions and just to be able to surrender to that process of beauty. It's not always easy, but it's worth it, don't you think? Amen. When I hear your story, if you just, and your story and this, your struggles and everything that you've been through, I mean, that's the story of a lot of people out there in bits and pieces and that suffering and that pain that is real and serious. And I can imagine that some people, if they heard just pieces of that, they would think, holy crap, man, there's no way. There's no way that somebody's going to be able to come back from that, from going through all of what you just said. And if you think in those terms without Christ, then you're right. I don't know how people get through such suffering and pain without the Lord. And But you having the Lord in your heart and having someone who spoke truth to your heart and, and invited you to authentic love, even if you didn't want the invitation, but they were there saying this, this is available. And I, you know, that's just so beautiful. I know that, um, you know, the same thing for me, when I think back on my life, and I think about all like, I can, you know, I kind of list all the things that were wrong with me, all of my sins, all the things that happened to me, or that I did to myself, or I did to others, I'm thinking, there's just there's man, there's no way there's no way you can, you can redeem that there's no way you can um, make good on that. And 
That's true, unless you want, really want to allow Christ in your heart and embody that Revelations 21.5 of Christ saying, Behold, I make all things new. Amen, Leah. Amen. And that's, you know, I'm just more and more convinced, especially as this year of mercy has, you know, come and gone, that, you know, suffering doesn't have the last say. Like Amen. whatever whatever people are facing right now, it, that's not the end of the story. Like suffering is not the end. Like resurrection glory is the end. And, you know, this, like, like Samwise Gamgee says to Frodo, like this, you know, the clouds pass. And when the sun shines, it shines out the clearer, you know, yes, and yes, that's what God yes. is always doing in our life. You know, he's always doing that. And I think it's many times it's just easier for us to give in at times. And I, I, I'm shocked, you know, I've done, you know, years of counseling and, and confession and spiritual direction. And, you know, all of us have our own little kind of areas where God has to do a lot, lot of tender work in the garden of our souls. But sometimes it's just easier in a sense to give in to those negative thoughts and kind of camp out there versus what Christ, you know, he's coming to redeem us and he's coming to say that my, my beloved, I make all things new. It, you know, like Aslan says to Lucy, come on, we've got no time to lose. <laughs> come on, you know, yes, you're a lioness now. So we've got no time. Let's go. All of Narnia is going to be renewed. And that's Amen. our call. Amen. I love this. Okay. First off, when you were talking about Frodo and Samwise Ganji, I want you to know that my hands <laughs> We're up with fists in them like <laughs> like Rocky at the top of the steps in Philadelphia. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like that is, oh man, oh, I love you so much. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> Anybody who listens to these podcasts know that I almost always talk about Frodo and Sam. I oh, just that's great. Always, yeah. I love them. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm a massive Tolkien nerd. And I think it's just fair right now that we stop this conversation and I have to ask you the question. Okay. <laughs> If you could be any character in Lord of the Rings, who would you be and why? Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, Leah, that's a hard one. I, well, I think, you know, for a long time, this is probably going to veer in a different direction than we were going to go. But I was, you know, there, there's a, an axiom that says you should pay attention to what attracts you and what repels you. And I was always attracted, you know, by Eowyn because she's the, or the um, Arwen, sorry, because she's the elven princess. She's Aragorn's love, right? And so yes. she's especially in the movie, she's a bit more of a warrior than really in the book. But I, so I was like, oh, I would love, who would not want to be the elvish princess who marries the king, right? Of course. But then, the, you know, the Eowyn, the the human, the one who's kind of stuck in her cage, so to speak, and she wants to go on battle and she's kind of feeling self-defeated and she likes Aragorn, but he doesn't like her. And for some reason I would see her and I just, I would find that repellent. I would be like, girl, get your stuff together, you know? But it wasn't really until I, I saw that movie so many times and I'm so familiar with the story and also the background behind her character that Tolkien wrote. And I, I saw, you know, she embodied a lot of the own, my own areas of my life that my heart was really guarded. Mm. And it really, I would pray with that. I would say, what is it about her that I feel like that too? Sometimes I feel like you're kind of in a cage or you want to go to battle. You want to have great adventures or you just feel like you're too little or you're too, you know, and I really, I, it might sound silly, but God spoke so deeply in that. And I can, I can honestly tell you, I love them both now. Like I love both of those women now. And I just, I love their stories and I love their fire and their feisting. I just love it. Yeah. yeah what I about you? Too. What about uh, you? Well, I think that that axiom that you mentioned is really important, you know, of like what draws you to something and then what are you re repelled by and, and kind of mm -hmm. figuring out like what's in between that and mm -hmm. where do you fall? And there is definitely a part of me that, oh man, I want to be Frodo. I, <laughs> yeah. I want to be the hero. I want everyone to say, yeah, it was Frodo who did it. Look at that. I, I do. <laughs> I crave that. I want that. 
but in reality and in prayer and and true, honest to God, even in prayer, even when I've, I've watched these movies so many times, the readings, oh my gosh, the book is so good. And yeah, I come to a place where I realize I really think I know who I am now. I think I'm not Frodo. I'm not, that's not me. I know deep down that I feel very much at peace being the Sam. I'm Sam. I'm, I am the cheerleader. I'm the go-to. I'm the one right there saying, you can do it. You can do it. And if I look, I like, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. And Oh, I love that. That has been, I just, ever since I was a little girl, I've resonated more with those thoughts and concerns for people. And so I would love to be the hero. I'd love to be the one that, that does the great deed and puts the ring back into the fire and destroys it. But that's not where I think I'm called. I think I'm, I think I'm really called to be that support and that cheerleader in a sense of, of telling other people like, look, I believe in you. You can do this. And, and I've been able to kind of like rest in that and, and find the beauty in that because when I think of Sam too, there's great people who've embodied that Sam creature. I think of like St. Ambrose who supported and loved and spoke truth to Augustine to get him to be one of the great thinkers and philosophers of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I kind of just kind of a take a, trying to take, take in all of that, but I'm definitely Sam. And on top of that, I am such a hobbit. I mean... <laughs> I am definitely a hobbit. Look, I want to be the elf. I want to eat clean and eat all my vegetables and be amazing and great skin and long, luscious, super healthy hair. But I am that crazy hobbit. That hair is barely combed. I'm throwing it together. And all I really care about is what are we going to have to eat tomorrow or in an hour or second breakfast, second breakfast or, you know, noonsies whatever it is i mean like i am so concerned with like food and the celebration and other people making sure everyone else has food or what party we're going to go to next and i'm just that's just me i mean i'm the hobbit man i am just that dirty feet hobbit that is smiling and having a great time at the bar so that's me i i absolutely love it That is fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Oh. You just got to own it. You know, you got to get I to know, a place girl. in your life where you just own it. You're like, dude, forget yeah. it, man. I'm sorry. I know people who are elves. Like, I know people who are like, oh, man, you are just amazing. You are so, like, they have got such strength and they, they stick to that clean eating. And they're at the mm-hmm. gym a few mm-hmm. times a week. And they make mm-hmm. sure that their body is this beautiful, strong masterpiece that can handle whatever. And I'm like, oh, man. But have you ever tasted Jello? I mean, <laughs> do you know how great pudding is? It's so good. Do you have any idea? Oh, I love it. Oh, amen, girl. Amen. Yeah. So anyway, so that's it. I knew if I brought this up, but I had to, that we would go down this rabbit hole of Lord of the Rings. But it's Which so is worth fine. it. Which is fine. It's so worth it. And I, there's a reason why those stories are so popular, like Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, Star Wars. You know, because they speak to an eternal truth that all of us know deep within, you know, that we're made for glory and that darkness is not the final say. And they talk about the battle, you know, and that's what I love. They talk about the battle and they show you that there is, number one, a battle. This isn't just some make-believe crap, man. This stuff Mm -hmm. is real. Evil is real. Goodness is real. Christ Mm -hmm. is real. 
And if you don't think this is a battle, then you're losing. You are losing it every single day if you don't believe this is a battle in your life of what you should be doing, what you should be thinking, how you should spend your time, if you should pray, how you should pray, all of it, because it's real and we need to have it. And I think that that battle in our life over sin, that battle in our life over regret is something that can be won with and through Jesus Christ. And unless Mm -hmm. we allow him to do that, to fight with this, then what's the point, right? What's I I know I it's true, yeah. Nothing else it is, is and fight I think your battle for you. Nothing else is, and all of us have you know all of us have our ring of power to destroy. All of us have our journey to Mount Doom, and all the the ways that goes, you know, all the twists and turns of the of the journey of the adventure in that. And I you know many times, unfortunately, you know, we live in a society today where everything's instant gratification, and if I don't like it anymore, I just won't do it anymore. And I think some. Sometimes the the art of the battle, in a sense, is lost. And so we just immediately give in. And there was a great reflection by St. Catherine of Siena in one of the Magnificat reflections for this month. And it is just, she talks about that very thing that it's the struggle. It's the struggle for the good. It's the struggle for God's will. And that's a good thing, you know? And, you know, we immediately think it's not. And so, yeah, it's, you got to get in the workout. They got to get in the way room to get the workout on, you know? <laughs> that's how you get stronger, you know? Right. It's so true. listening to, and I know you probably have the same probably thought too, Sister Miriam, but man, whatever you're going through, and we, we don't know, we don't know obviously what it is and your struggles and your pain and the darkness that could be there. And and, and it could be there for years, decades that mm-hmm. you've been holding on to something and dealing with something like, all I'm going to ask you is just to ask yourself this, why, why hold on to something that Christ died for? He wants mm-hmm. you to give that to him. He wants to take that pain. He wants to take the burden and for you to live in freedom and in peace. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's yeah. just that we, I just think that so often we think that we got to do it on our own because we live in this very self-sufficient society. I've got to take yeah. care of it. I've got to make sure that my relationship with Jesus is the way that I want it. And God's like, yeah, oh but, I'm, but I'm kind of God. So maybe <laughs> you should consult me. Well, and I think that's true that that root of self-reliance. Oh my gosh. I've seen so many sides of that in myself of, and even in a self-righteous way, like I have to do this just right. Cause I need to make myself holy. I need to make myself. And that's the part of surrender. Like that's the part of entrusting ourselves like your children, Leah, like, you know, could you imagine little Agnes trying to make like a Thanksgiving meal? Like she could, you know, and she, you know, she wants to, you know, please mommy and help mommy in the kitchen. But it's like this beautiful act of her surrender of, so you can help her make something beautiful. And that's no, it doesn't make her less important or anything like that, but it's your love for her that makes her come alive. And I, you know, I think, gosh, you know, I've just, God has been showing me that this last year of just how deep the self-reliance goes and how deep the, the fear of dependence on God goes, because what if he doesn't come through for me? And what if I rejected all my old stuff, you know, and how those, those coping mechanisms that kept me kind of sane for a long time, it's, it's time to, you know, like St. Paul says, it's time to leave those things behind and grow and to grow into a true dependence on the power of God who, you know, Jesus says, you will do greater things than I, because I'm going to my father, but I'm going to empower you. And it's not really until I can let go of my ways of coping and my ways of surviving that I can be open to the surrender of God's way of thriving in his Holy Spirit. And that's what I really want. And I think that's what we all want, really, you know. Yeah, we do. Because I think we, because we, we, we want to be known. Amen. We Seen want known and loved. Yeah. We want someone to look at us and just say that we are very good. 
Amen. And there's nothing else that you that's needed. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be a certain thing or look a certain way or have your life in order. You just want someone to look at you and smile and say, you are very good. Mm. And that goes back from the very beginning, you know, back in Genesis, when we read that, and that's how God made us. He looked at us and I can imagine he smiled and said, this is very good. And we want to go back to that, that space, that place of being known and being loved authentically. And to Mm. do that, though, we have Mm. to allow those band-aids to come off, all of those walls that we put up around our wounds and our suffering and our secrets, we have to allow to take them down so that God, so that, so that we can give God permission to come in and heal them and to touch our heart with his love so that we can truly do something beautiful for the Lord and not Mm -hmm. just, you know, keep certain things just for ourselves, but allowing ourselves to be known by God is part of our mission, you know, as Christians but not just to go out there and do something in the world, but to go out there and do something in your heart, do something in your life. Amen, girl. Yeah. And to really, you know, learn how to, to love one another from that love of God to love one another. So I can be seen, known and loved by people that God sends in my life, you know, cause just like the Lord of the Rings is a fellowship, you know, and in Narnia, there's a fellowship, the brothers and the sisters and Christianity is not meant to be lived in isolation. You know, it's, it's a family. We're all a family. And that's, I think what Pope Francis keeps trying to impart to the world at large is that you know, like Mother Teresa said, we belong to one another and we're a family and God sends people in our life that love us, that remind us of that truth, you know? Amen. Amen. There's um, one of the very first questions God uttered in Holy Scripture in uh, Genesis when Adam and Eve, after the fall and after, you know, they ate of the fruit and blah, 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 that one rule that they had and the that they, they broke. Although I'm not blaming them, trust me, I would have found 10 more rules <laughs> and broke them. So like Adam and Eve... There's no judging here, totally. You, you, you did it better than me. But but the question I love in scripture from God, the very first question that God uttered, that God said to man was, where are you? Mm. And mm. that is something I have been praying with for years. Just where mm-hmm. are you? Where are you? I feel like every day there's a place where God is asking me, Leah, where are you? Oh, beautiful. Leah, where mm. are you? And I just need to turn my heart and give him a few minutes, a few seconds of, of all of me and say, here I am. Here I am, God. Just love me. Can you just, just take my life and can you just help me see you in it? Help me see you in the craziness in my kitchen right now where everything's a mess. Help me see you in the middle of this argument with a friend or a family member. Help me see you in the dissatisfaction that I have right now with this project. Help me see you in it. And I think that that's the question that God utters to all of us throughout all mankind and for eternity is, where are you? Amen. Yeah. Because isn't that the nature of after we sin, our first nature is to hide. You know, right. that's what we do. We hide. We hide from God. We hide from ourselves. We hide from other people. And we pull out our Instagram filters and our kind of our way of coping with the world and the masks that we wear. And we're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You know? <laughs> And I love that you said that. God's like, where are you, sweet girl? Where are you? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't even know. I think we don't even know sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just get so, I don't know. I mean, sometimes the simplest words are the best ones, but sometimes you just get so confused. Yeah. Like you just, like somebody asks you, well, what what's wrong? And you're like, I don't know. I just know things aren't right. And Sometimes that's the best thing that you can say to God. God, I don't know what's wrong, but I know that you know. So can you just fix in me what I 
I'm so confused about. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. I just, uh, God is so good. And that question he asked us, number one, I love the fact, I mean, God is God. He's so perfect and amazing. But he asked that question of where are you? And he asked that to all of us every day. And he asked the question so that we can respond. He wants a relationship. He wants dialogue. God Mm -hmm. wants you to respond to his question of where are you? That's why he asked a question instead of the very first time he said this to Adam and Eve of how dare you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, raised his own the catechism says that, you know, in all times God draws near to man, God draws near to us first. And he doesn't desire to dominate us. He has no desire to manipulate us or to get us to do something we don't want to do. You know, Christianity is not a behavior modification program. It's not reform school. It's a transformation unto glory and to our authentic selves and who we are in the light of Christ. And, you know, just like anybody else, he desires to hear our hearts, to hear all of it. And, you know, not the canned responses are not what we think he wants to hear, but the true person, the true self. And you just can be so free with God. That's what I love about him is you can be so free. He doesn't get offended. He's not, you know, just such a glorious, such a glorious, gracious God who so deeply loves us. Amen. God, that was great. What what you said there was really good. You should write that down and put it in a book or something. <laughs> Maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, and you, we haven't, I haven't mentioned it yet and shame on me. I should have, because I have read this. I have read this actually multiple times. I've given this book to multiple people. It is. And let me tell you something. I don't have time to read. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I read the little pieces of scripture every day to center myself. But let me tell you something. I just don't have time to sit down and read, read books. However, I did read this. And as I mentioned before, I've read it multiple times. It's called Loved As I Am. And it's your book, Sister Miriam, which I'm sure you know about. I'm sure you heard, heard about this book, that one book that you wrote. Um, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. There's Make this book. Familiar with it. <laughs> God, I tell you something. God love you if you're still listening to this podcast at this point, because I have lost it. Anyway, but there, this is a great book, Loved As I Am. You can get it on Amazon. And since the holidays are coming up, I would highly recommend you to get this for someone, anybody that you know who wants to love God more or needs to love God more. This is a fantastic book. It's called Loved As I Am. Sister Mary and James wrote it. And let me just tell you something. Let me just give you a quick, I mean, look at the, okay, these are the chapter titles. And I always look at chapter titles to see if they're interesting for me to actually read the chapter. These are just a few of them. Chapter titles. Tell me who I am. Show me your purpose. Come and find me. Mend my broken heart. Untangle my secrets. Wipe away my tears. And it goes on. But those topics right there, those quick few words of chapter titles was like, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I cannot not read this book. And it's fabulous. Thank you so much for putting that all of your heart into that work because it really helped me come to a place of surrendering a little bit more of my past to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, I'm the so journey, glad. you know. Yeah. I'm so glad it blessed you. And I, you know, yeah, it's just, it was a short book on purpose. It's only about a hundred pages. And really my desire is, you know, it has my own story. It has, you know, a journey through what it means to be human. And you, you'll hear Frodo and Sam in there and all kinds of stuff, all kinds of beauty. And really my desire when you close the book is you say to yourself, you know, okay, I want to, I want to tell my story or I want to get honest or, or I want to take the next right step. I want to grow in intimacy with Christ. And at the end of every chapter, there's reflection questions. And yeah, it's just my heart is that's what my heart is for the reader is just a just a small little appetizer right in the the journey toward union with God. And so if it accomplished that purpose, uh, that's what I was desiring with Christ. 
Mm, it will. You accomplish oh. it. It's fantastic. I mean, it really, really is. It's um, it's such. I mean, it's such a good book. You read this, and let me tell you something. So, like at the end of every single chapter, there are these like questions for a deeper reflection. So you can take this and use this as like you know a little bit of like a little mini Bible study, and it's just good. I mean, it's chunky. It's not just this is my story and. <laughs> God's so good, so like He can be good to you too. So just just try real hard to you know <laughs> try real hard to love oh. God, you know, because it's not man, it's rough, and our relationship with God can be rough and it can be a struggle. But you lay out some truth in here that people can't escape. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you believe, anything, what religious affiliation you have or don't have. There is truth in this book that you just, it stares you in the face. And you're like, okay, well, I think I need to pray with that for a while. Uh, well, you know, I think we're all people, you know, no matter really what way we profess our faith or whatever, at the end of the day, we're all people made in the image and likeness of God. And we ultimately all want the same thing. We want to be happy. And so all of us ask that question, you know, what's going to make me happy? Like, how am I going to find the satisfaction, the beauty, the glory that I desire? And yeah, it's a very honest book. I tell my story very very respectfully to myself and, you know, others involved, but also very honestly. And, you know, like you said earlier in the podcast, like our story, your story and my story, so many people relate to it, but have never been able to tell their story. And so for years they hide in shame of, oh my gosh, I'm the only person that's ever done this or God, there's no way God could love me. And I think, you know, that's what God does. He opens our souls so other people can open their souls as well. And that's how conversion happens. You know, that's how intimacy happens is the willingness to open our souls in, in an appropriate way. Yeah. And to witness to the love and mercy of Christ. And I think that's the whole point of you sharing your story. It's definitely the whole point of why I share my story, not mm -hmm. to highlight all of the sin and darkness and secrets that both you and I had in our lives. But we share our stories to witness to God's mercy and love and say, look, see, I am a sinner. Look at what I have done. But look what God has redeemed in me. Look what God has done with my life. And it's the mm -hmm. same that can be for anyone. And that's the beauty of God's mercy is that it's for everyone. I mean, and I think that that's that's part of oh, that's why I love you. That's That's part of our friendship. I think it's such a beautiful thing that you and I have become for God. These little voices of just saying, hey, look, I didn't have it all together but I gave my heart to God and he's done something beautiful with it. Amen, Leah. Amen. That's yeah, that God does beautiful things. And there's no, you know, there's never too late to begin again. There's no sin that God cannot forgive. And he, he loves us. He loves us and he labors. He labors to set us free. That's his greatest delight is to set us free to live as his children. Amen. Amen. And praise God. It brings apart some good friendships along the way too. Like Amen. I think of, I think of like, you know, the woman in Luke's gospel who washed the feet of Jesus with her tears. Oh, and I, yeah. and I, and I think of like the Samaritan woman at the well, and I'm thinking, man, if they were in the same room, I bet they would be best buds. I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> what's yes. up? Like, I totally get it. I understand your heart. I know that, that we both were looking for love in all the wrong places. We both were wanting to be loved and to be known so much. And we accepted something that wasn't worth who we are, our dignity and our identity. And uh, we gave into the world, but we met a man and that man changed our life. Amen, girl. Amen. Yeah. That, 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 those women remind me of us. And I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to call you like the woman at the well or anything. That's clearly probably <laughs> me, but. Um, you totally could, but. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, 
but they're in my in my imagination, their friendship or definitely their friendship now in heaven is something that I love. I, I just I love those women. They are brave women. And when you think about it, like that Samaritan woman at the well, keep in mind that, yes, Christ met her. He loved her. He asked her some questions. She revealed her heart to him on her. You know, she willingly revealed her heart to him. He accepted her heart. He accepted all that she was offering and he redeemed that and he forgave her. But don't forget what happens after that. Like she took on that mercy of Christ and it was real for her. And she then went and shared it. She became a witness and she went back to her town and she told them, hey, I met a man who knew he knows everything that I've ever done. This could be Mm -hmm. the Messiah. And that town came and met Christ and that town converted. That Mm -hmm. is the point of witness that we can bring the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ to others so that other people can know his mercy and his love for them and that their lives too can be changed and they can live in truth and in freedom in Christ's love. Amen. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point is that, you know, Christ comes to encounter us and we bring that encounter to others. And you see that beautiful story of the woman who, you know, went to the well to avoid people now encounters Christ and her shame is healed. And she goes back into town to find people. To tell them. And yeah, the whole town converts because of one sinful woman, right? That's the power of one encounter with Christ is you know, many times we say, oh, I'm just one person. What can I do? Well, the answer is everything you know, with Christ. You know? Absolutely. No, no, thing is, no thing is too small. It ever. reminds me of, because you know, that's the whole thing. There's always hope in Christ mm-hmm. and hope in Christ and hope in his mercy. And it's not just this empty hope, man. Hope is, I mean, mercy is real. It is Christ himself. It is the passion, it is the death, it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and it is a battle, as we've mentioned before. And it reminds me of one of my all-time favorite pieces of scripture, Matthew eleven twelve. And Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the mm-hmm. violent take it by force. And that is amazing to me, because to me what that means and says is that you know, the kingdom of heaven, people in heaven, they're not couch potatoes. They didn't oh, just no. <laughs> they didn't just happen upon heaven like, oh, I found this amazing place. I guess I'll stay here, man. They fought for it on earth. They fought for heaven on earth by accepting Christ, by following Christ and dying for Christ. And our life should be a reflection of just that. We should be fighting in this battle for Christ, for heaven, for his glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it is a noble battle. It's a noble battle within and without. And yeah, it's amen. Definitely. Definitely. We've got, we certainly have a lot of work in the vineyard to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it just takes, it just takes each one of us doing our part, right? We don't have to be overwhelmed. We just have, so, so the answer is what can I do? Do you, man, just mm-hmm. give your heart to Christ, mm-hmm. accept his mercy, allow him to transform you, to make you new each and every day each and every day and allow his will to be done. Surrender yourself to his will. Surrender yourself to his mercy and watch the amazing things that will unfold. 